Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today I am so honored to be joined by Julie Rising. She is a mindset and empowerment coach. She is a wife, a mom, a grandma for not too long. And she is a native here in Oklahoma. Welcome, Julie. Hey, I am so glad to be here today to talk with you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Julie. Oh, okay. So I am 56 years old. So there's kind of a lot to tell. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you kind of hit some of my roles, certainly, um, you know, wife and mom and grandma, which I love. I love being a grandma. And, um, you know, but I'm also, I'm a person who really embraces um, like the the little things in life. I'm pretty good at celebrating little moments as if they're kind of big moments. Um, I am a person who loves travel. I love, um, I like new experiences, just novel experiences, you know, a new coffee shop. I do love coffee. That's another thing I love is coffee. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, um, you know, so like career wise, I started out, um, working, I, I couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to do into undergrad, but I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Knew I wanted to do something like in the psychology, helping people kind of realm. Um, so I ended up by the time I think I grabbed, can't remember exactly how old I was. It was in my early thirties when I graduated uh, from um, grad school as a license, as a therapist. And so then I pursued that, um, for over 20 years, I've been working as a therapist and then as a registered play therapist also. So working with families and children to help them uh, find a healthy way to live um, their best, living their best life is kind of how I think about it. Yeah. So So so. when you got that degree, were you working for someone else at that time as a therapist? Um, no, actually, so it was, so my, having my children and getting my degree kind of coincided. I, I, um, I started. <laughs> it often does. <laughs> right, yeah. So um, my son was, I think, four weeks old when I started grad school. And then I oh, walked wow. across the stage, uh, eight months pregnant with my daughter or seven months, something like that, pregnant yeah. with my daughter. So they were kind of the bookends to my graduate program. Nice. So yeah, so I was, um, so what I found myself, uh, and this is kind of interesting, so I never really intended to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, and yet because it fit our lifestyle and kind of wanting to have flexibility and be at home and those sorts of things, I ended up um, doing just that. So I opened my own private practice, just very part-time, so I kind of, I worked with, um, another therapist like in their office like I rented office part-time I did everything like part-time and that's kind of how I got you know got started in it oh wow that's so brave to like just do it on your own from the beginning were you influenced by other entrepreneurs that you kind of saw that as a as a solution for your lifestyle well I, hmm, that's a great question I think 
um, I think I've always been pretty good, not always pretty good, but that was during a time in my life where I was recognizes, recognizing more of what I needed. So, you mm. know, I know I was in my thirties by then, um, more of what I needed to, to live, be living my best life. And, and so for me, the, the fit of time and flexibility. And so I think at the time I saw it more as a means to an end. And in fact, when I think about it, um, one of the things that if I'd say a regret or maybe a misstep that I have is that I didn't take it more seriously as a business Mm. sooner. It's kind of like I was a counselor and oh, and by the way, I have this business that helps me be a counselor, but I didn't really embrace business ownership and being an entrepreneur and, um, and really even like making money, like the, the importance of being paid what we're worth, that, yeah. that has come later in my career rather than earlier. So I would say, yeah. well, we yeah. don't know what we don't know when we jump into that. So that's why most of us are just more comfortable with going, getting that degree and then like, okay, now here's my job in that degree. So congratulations for doing it even if you didn't know it all at first it sounds like it's been quite successful yeah it has that is yeah that it has it has been kind of you know it it was like kind of a happy accident and then I loved it and then I remember getting to the point where I couldn't imagine going back to where somebody else told me what when I had to be (laughs) I was like Mm, yeah I don't think I'm doing that I don't think that's what I'm going to do and so by then I think I had done more to kind of embrace myself as a business owner business person and as a you know like this person with this passion for my profession as well yeah and a therapist that actually sets her own healthy boundaries and rules for her own life congratulations most of the therapists I know are not they're way too giving of their time and, yeah. and resources. So that's a yes. great balance for you. I may have been calling the, been called the boundary queen once or twice by my colleagues. And and, so, and, and really, it's so exciting to talk about balance. So boundaries is one of my favorite subjects of ever things. It's, I'm very passionate about boundaries um, because I have learned through my own experience that when you don't, when you don't know what you're saying yes to or no to, you really can't experience the fullness of your yes. Like if you, if you don't have a no, number one, it's not really, it's not an authentic yes. If, if, mm. if you don't ever say no, then your yeses probably are not particularly authentic and certainly not aligned mm. for you. And so one of the things that I actually um, help people with a lot now, and I certainly did so as a therapist and now as a mindset and empowerment empowerment coach is to help people really identify what their, what their yeses are. So then we can figure out where we need to put the nose in because they're really, they, they go together, you know? And, and so most of us are pretty um, in touch with the uncomfortableness of saying no. Like we yeah. get how that feels because it feels like, oh, especially if you've not done it. I always say it's yeah. a little addicting once you start doing it. <laughs> but, so if you don't, you know, so really helping clients lean into their yes. What, you know, what are they saying yes to when they do put a healthy boundary on place? So not just being attuned to the, the discomfort or maybe the 
questioning of the no, but really, really leaning into and embodying their yes. And I think that is super exciting. That is so powerful. I mean, truly, I was just talking to my husband yesterday about the same thing about we only have so many hours, right? And when you begin to identify and you begin to elevate yourself to these different levels of growth in your life, it, it becomes more natural for this, the people that you, especially the people that you used to say yes to, it does get a little easier to say no, because you realize that you're not offering one another the same thing you used to. And that's a bit, I, I carry around a lot of guilt and kind of shame and trying to struggle through that. I think all of us sort of deal with that when we move beyond, we don't want to seem like, oh, well, we're above you. But how do we, how do we say no to those things that we've outgrown maybe in our life? Oh, okay. So, mm. yeah, because I didn't mean for this to be Amy's personal <laughs> question, but just lay it on me, like, because this is like good stuff. Let's go. <laughs> but, but I think that's what we're talking about. I mean, what we're talking Everybody, about. Everybody, we all feel this way, but no yeah, one can say it. Like. In particular, women, I, I think, you know, and I, of course, every time I say that, then I can think of half a dozen men that I've talked to that mean, you know, right, you know, right. <laughs> but I do think that women can fall prey to gender roles, to, to societal norms, to what we thought we were supposed to do. Yeah. As a, especially when we do take on roles as partners and parents, like those, you know, in particular, I mm -hmm. think have a lot of kind of socially charged norms around them. And then we get a little bit lost in that. And so you're right, as we up level, and I think of it as getting to know next level Julie, like I'm always like pursuing passionate pursuit of next level Julie. Yeah. And so when I think about that, you know, about that, you're right, if we don't, if we don't start to say no to maybe some different things, then we won't be able to go to our next level. And that's really doing a disservice, not only for ourselves and the people that we love but also for just the world itself because the world needs our next level self the world just yeah. and so when I think about that then that's where like so if you were my client and you're not but if you were <laughs> one of the things that I would do and in fact I did it just this morning on a call with client it's kind of you know interesting synergy there um we really, she's saying no to something that she, you know, she's setting a boundary that she hasn't set before and it is an up level for her. And so we really, we did some of the, what I think is kind of like the feminine energy of being, like we really harnessed that and we leaned into everything that she was saying yes to. And we were really, and we, and we spent a few minutes really identifying like her kind of, and so that becomes like your most important why that's mm -hmm. your, you know, and what are you saying yes to, you know, so from my client, it was saying yes to being 100% present with her family. It was, you know, and, and we identified three or four things that she was saying a full body yes to when she was setting this boundary that, that you're right, that is saying no to someone, someone gets the no. And I think part of that too is probably what I would work with a client about is really thinking about if someone can't tolerate my no, do they fit for where I'm going? And, and there's like some emotional charge around that. We need to acknowledge that there's, there's uncomfort and discomfort on our part. There might be on the other person's part. And so when you think about what to say to people, 
you know, I love phrases like, you know, that used to work really well for me and I'm finding it doesn't work for me now. So mm. we kind of honor our own process, right? Like I used to yeah. say to this mm-hmm. and now I'm changing. I, you know, I love that when we can kind of acknowledge when we don't just kind of like switch, but it just seems like we just switched without any thought, right? Like not kind of being transparent about our process. Like, you know, I really sat down and thought about this and in order to do this next thing, I have to change some things right now. And this is going to be one of them. Wow. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It's so hard to, so when you recognize that growth to be able to stop and go, is this still serving me? If it's not, you have to cut ties or else you're just serving everyone else around you instead of yourself. And that has to be a relationship too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that. So I love that you say that because that's exactly what I think. I believe that, we, yes, everything is relational and the, the, that relationship with ourself is probably the one that gets neglected the most, is the least, possibly the least developed, unless we've been very intentional, because most people, like our, our you know, our social structure and our family structure and stuff, it just really isn't designed to be like, so have you checked in with yourself today? And how is she feeling? And where, right. you know, like, have you checked on, you know, next level Amy to see what she had, what kind of wisdom she has for you today? So unless we've been pretty intentional about that relationship with ourselves, it probably doesn't come very naturally to, to most of us. You know? It doesn't, it really doesn't. And I mean, I'm a product of the decades of therapy that just allows me to be able to recognize that alone. So yeah, totally see the value. So speaking of therapy, tell us about the transition from when you started off in your shared office and what happened to bring you to mindset and empowerment coach. Oh, okay. I know that's probably a very long story, but well, it's a little bit. Well, it is, but it isn't. I mean, you know, in a way. So it kind of, yeah. So you know, so therapy is a more, you know, it's a little bit more traditional in some ways, right? Although some people are kind of new to the idea of therapy. One of the things I think the best things to come of social media is this awareness that you're not going to be the only one who's gone to therapy. Right, right. Like you just said it, like you just very much normalized it, didn't you? You said, oh yeah, I've been to therapy, you know, like, and we, we found out like we're not alone and that's amazing. I think that's just something that's been amazing, but yeah, so therapy, um, it, I've been so passionate and it's always about where you are and then where do you want to be? You know, like where, where do you want to be? And I think of healthiness as being kind of a continuum and we, actually have several of them in our lives, right? That are, you know, it's like, so I might be really struggling in this area, but I might have a lot of healthiness or kind of like uh, habits that really support me, ways of thinking, ways of being that really support me over here. How can we borrow that? You know, so I've, I've done that. And so, yeah, so I've, I've done, I've worked with um, lots of people, uh, lots of client ages. I think two and a half was my youngest. And I think my oldest lady was, um, that I worked with, who was amazing, was 86 years old. So I've kind of oh, wow. across the lifespan. So when I say it's for everybody, I really mean it, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I've done my own therapy work, you know, worked on my own own stuff over the years. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And I, um, and then we had, we moved 14 years ago, we moved back to Oklahoma, we were living in Michigan and had started our family there. And then we moved back here. Um, so lots of transitions. I was with an agency for almost 10 years. And so the last probably, I'm going to say about five years, 
I like I started I, I started kind of like hanging out with coaches and kind of learning about life coaching and learning what you know what it was about and stuff and I was very fascinated I could really see how it could complement therapy or how it would it could help people in different ways and, mm-hmm. and it has a different kind of audience in some ways some of it overlaps but some of it doesn't um and so I was really fascinated and I kept kind of saying like you know like yeah, I, I'm going to do some coaching. I'm going to do coaching. I'm going to do, and I kept, I, I, I call it, I say I was threatening to do it. I kept threatening to become a Talking doctor. about it, planning it, mapping it out, researching what others are doing. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. a planner. I got yeah, all of that, yeah, right? yeah. Like, uh-huh. all of that, you know, but not actually like doing the doing. Doing the thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then last, so last year, so in 20, and so in, in, in fact, it was just like kind of my anniversary of my pivot um, earlier this month. So in Jan, in June of 21, I was, I had been invited to speak at um, She Leads, the She Leads conference. And it was very, it's, it's very high vibe. It's all about, you know, women's empowerment. It's, it's just this amazing group of people. And so I was um, asked to speak. And it connected me with some people that were kind of doing what I wanted to do in a way that that felt really um, accessible to me. That's not quite the right word, but. Oh, masterminding with those that are doing what you want to do is like the most valuable thing I've found ever. Yeah. And so, and so through that experience, I found a coach and I invested really for the first time in a high level one-on-one coaching experience. Um, I had done group coaching. I had done masterminds. I had done some other things, but I really did that. And, you know, and I told her, I said, this, this is what I want. I want for my kind of my next stage of my career. Um, I want to be a coach. Like, this is what I want to do. And so I really started to do the things that I kept talking about. (laughs) So, yeah, so I do. So, so what I have now is um, a little bit of a hybrid. So as far as like the counseling world, I still, I mentor counselors. So we have something called supervision in order to get your license. You have to be supervised by somebody with a license. And so I do, so I am like, so I'm a supervisor to therapists and I do, um, some teaching where I'm providing supervision of therapists who are still in grad school. And so they're seeing their very first client. So it's, it's about that kind of like professional and personal development piece that so excites me. So I still get to do that in the therapy world, which is very cool. And I am a mindset and empowerment coach. And so I get to work so my client work now is all focused in the coaching realm and I work with, um, I can work with all sorts of people. It's not so much like what they do because I think transformation can happen. You can be in a a variety of situations or roles and transformation can certainly happen, but I help people, um, kind of rediscover who they are and what they really want and have that rooted in their core values because Mm. to me that brings in the alignment piece where we get realigned because we can maybe you've experienced this or know people that have it like you get kind of down the road and then you're like wait why why am I doing this (laughs) you know right yeah so yeah so over the over the course of the last year I 
ended, I stopped seeing like gradually, you know, closed my counseling client caseload and started my coaching client caseload. So, or nice. I don't know how you say that for <laughs> coaching, but yeah. So who is the client now? Are they, are we business owners, men, women, age groups? Who are, who are the people that you're able to help the most, do you think? Uh, so the people I think that I'm able to help the most, um, probably like this is this seems to be the people who find me that's you know um are people that are anywhere in their like 30s to like 60s they're looking like maybe they started on a path because that they thought that's what they were supposed to do and now they're questioning whether and, and maybe it even fit for a while but it's not fitting as well now but they feel a little bit stuck so they feel, cause they're kind of like in this place, they have an idea of where they might want to be. Maybe they're a little afraid to dream that dream. Mm -hmm. I help people dream, dream big on that one. Um, so maybe they're feeling a little bit stuck. Um, maybe they're what I experienced where they keep talking about it, but they're not actually doing about it. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. kinds of things um, that people are, so when I think about transformation, it's that it's like aligning it, figuring out what their values, their most important values are, and then allowing that to be the guide for all of the decisions that they make mm -hmm. and removing whatever blocks are keeping them from not only dreaming that big dream, but going after that big dream. Mm -hmm. Because I would say most of us know the steps that, you know, we, we know, we know what the steps are. And so if we're not taking the steps, then it's probably because we have a block there. We have a belief that doesn't serve us very well. We had an experience, maybe there's some shame or something around us not doing it right the first time or, you know, another time in our life or something yeah. like that. And yeah. so it's removing those blocks and boundaries is usually part of that. What do I say no to right now so I can say yes to my next level self? Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I even, I know I have shit on myself so many times. I hear a lot of coaches say, quit shitting on yourself. You, you know, like I just, I said last week, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't read more before the last five years, probably the last five years. I mean, outside of high school and college, I didn't pick up a book. And I, I spent time with a mindset block, like not picking up the book anyway, because I never had. And I was ashamed that I didn't know before I was in my mid thirties that I should read. Well, <laughs> bitch, just start reading. What is wrong with you? And then I did. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't know about this before, but wow. Taking that step now, I'm like, I want more. I want more. And I do it all the time now. I mean, it's just a silly example, but like if we can get hung up over not reading, what else in our lives are we being hung up on? Absolutely. And we do, and we do that to ourselves all the time. And so the, you know, so for me, um, for what I, what I find when I'm working with clients is just us having a conversation around or identifying, like, what do you think is keeping you stuck here? Like, oh, okay. So you've said you wanted to do this and you haven't, you know, what's, what's keeping you stuck in just being able to identify those kinds of beliefs so often like kind of shake loose or let us figure out what kind of boundaries do you need to have there? You know, in that, in that situation, I would, you know, 
you you said to me earlier like you just can't know what you don't know right like we can't know right sometimes we just need to have grace for ourselves and in compassion for ourselves so i love to employ compassionate curiosity rather than because we if if you listen to our how we talk to and about ourselves most of us are very stuck in a very judgmental mindset about ourselves. We may or may not be judgmental about other people. In fact, sometimes we're like, we're very grace-filled and very compassionate about others. And yet when it comes to me, I should be different, right? Like that's kind of the self-talk. And so being able to cultivate a mindset of compassionate curiosity about ourselves, about our motivation, about how we got where we are, and how we want to move forward. It, that really empowers us then to move forward. Yes. And it's so rare these days too. I mean, I hate that it takes a therapist or a coach to get that kind of compassionate curiosity from another person. We are so busy it, to have an actual deep conversation about our lives, our motives, what we want, what we don't want, our boundaries. How often are these conversations happening at dinner tables or in relationships or on the street or at coffee with a friend? It's such chit chat and, and superficial things. I think it's time we, we need to normalize these types of conversations amongst ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, you know, I love that. And, and for some people, you know, for some people, they can have that conversation with a a trusted friend. They do have great social support. They do have a partner who's really in their corner. And sometimes it's really helpful to have someone who isn't that role, doesn't play that role in your life. Because in relationships, you know, relationships are kind of typically kind of designed, personal relationships are designed to be like a two-way street, right? I think about you, you think about me, like we're both kind of contributing all of that. But, but then if we, if we are supporting ourselves by employing a professional, then we both are focused on the client. The one person. Yeah. yeah the one yeah. person, right? Like very we, intentionally. We so very intentionally. Yes. It's the way the relationship is absolutely designed to be. And not that, you know, like my coach never shares or your therapist, you think your therapist therapist is an automaton or something, right? Like we know they have lives, we know they yes. have truth, right? You know, we know. Um, but we, but we can really, we're like you said, very intentionally focused on the growth of the client. And that to me is such a gift to give yourself because it is a very unique relationship and it is going to be different than your other relationships. And, and here's the other thing too. You're, you're not going to go to your coach and say, hey, I have this really big idea. This is my dream. Like, this is my big dream. And have your coach go, but how are we going to pay for that? Um, but will we get to still do blah, blah, blah? Well, oh, are, are you sure you want to do that? Right? Yeah. When, yeah. when we're in relationship with other people, you know, their stuff is in the mix, right? Yeah, and every reason why it won't work. Every reason. They, yes. they're, sometimes their fearful part wants to keep us safe. And yes. they don't realize how, how 
that can really impact, you know, right? Like we bring our little baby bird, big dream to them, right? This like delicate little thing and yeah. we bring it to them and then their fear kind of gets in the way and we go, oh, yeah, it just squishes them, right? <laughs> and, it's, and you're like, okay, see, I didn't think that was a fit. Okay, that wasn't a good idea. Right, and then you just stop. Yeah, if you just, right. And that can really, that when in these, the kind of inception part of, of our dreams and figuring out our goals can really be hard for us. And so, yeah. you know, when we have a therapist, but, or if we, if we have a coach, like our coach is going to be like all in and right. say, you know, right. Like, okay, let's figure out some action stuff. Let's, let's, let's envision next level self, you know, next level you in that. How will she feel? How will she behave? What will she, what will she be wearing? Where will she be living? What will she be doing? How will she be able to impact her, her community? You know, and then suddenly we start to see possibility rather than problems. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, Queen. (laughs) While you're on this podcast. Okay. So tell us about some of you. I heard the, the word action steps was my favorite thing. So what are what does some of your process look like when someone comes to you for coaching? They say, you know, I'm stuck. I'm 40. I've been in this job forever. I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to change jobs. Other than talking about it and dreaming, what are the kinds of action steps? Are you working with people on, on things like breath work or physical actionable items? Or what are the other part pieces that, that play a role in your coaching program? Yeah, so so kind of, you know, so I, I don't want to say all the things because no, not all the things, but there are so there there is some structure. My structure tends to be a little bit loose, you know, because it does um, a little bit depend on what the dream is and that's sort of of where they are and stuff. But yeah, so the one of the first things that we're going to do is we're going to do a values exercise. We're going to do val- We're going to identify your most important value. Because that's going to become like kind of our shining light, our leading light, right? Yeah. That's going to, and that's going to inform. It, it's easy. So when we're in touch with things like our values, those create very natural boundaries for us. You know, um, so, you know, you do your job. When someone says to you, hey, can you cater my party next Saturday? You don't go, oh, sure. Cause you're not a caterer, right? Like you're like, like, that's a pretty easy boundary, isn't it? Right. You're like, right. I'm not a caterer. That's not what I do. Right. So it's pretty easy. So in the same way, values can become that kind of natural boundary. We can say, how does that fit with your value? And if it doesn't fit with your value, then that's a pretty easy thing to, to keep off your plate, to not add into your life. Cause that's what a lot of us are guilty of, right? Like adding, yeah. adding in. So we're going to look at those values and see like, how are they guiding you? How are they maybe tripping you up because you have some beliefs around your values? Or how are you showing up in your values in some areas of your life, but not others? Mm. So we're going to identify those things because that becomes that that's really like the, you know, there's, there's our guide. There's, there's the path, right? You just struck a nerve. I don't know if you saw that in my face, but you just (laughs) struck a nerve. Okay. Keep going. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So that's, and to me, like, then we're all, then almost immediately we're identifying alignment or lack of, you know, misalignment, 
in yeah. our lives, right? Like, where do we have alignment with this? Where don't we have alignment? So then we mm-hmm. know where the work needs to be, don't we? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you know, so then we do that. And so then we're, then we do, I have a meditation that I do where we, um, we meet our next level self and we consult with her and we consult with, you know, that, that our next level self, mm-hmm. because my that. is that our, um, and that to me is like the manifestation energy that we can bring. So, you know, action can be doing, but it can also be being, <laughs> practicing being. And so part of that is to get to know, because our next level self always has wisdom, has perfect wisdom for us and, and isn't wrapped up in any of the fear or the safety issues that we you know, that we're in right now, right? Our next level self always knows that everything has worked out in the most divine and amazing and powerful way for us. The the hindsight 2020 person embodied. Yes. Yes. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So we do that. Then we, you know, and then we start to look at based on these things, then where do the boundaries? So often the action steps have to do with moving toward the big dream. You know, like, okay, if there was no fear, what would I be doing, right? If there was no, if I had no concern around money, what would I be doing, right? And so then we start, we can start to develop a very concrete action plan to move towards that. But then we're always practicing being in alignment with our values, our boundaries, our next level self. You know, so we're always moving toward that. And so that starts to inform the action steps pretty quickly. What, you know, what something you might need to say, you know, you said, if you came to me and said, I've got all these things on my plate and I don't know which one's the most important, we can identify which ones are the most important and which ones, and I, and my, and that's what my clients do. I mean, they're like, oh, I was really feeling like making my bed every morning was the most, you know, when it was like a have to. Yeah. What if you have to choose between making your bed and taking an action step towards um, booking another client in your business? It's, does the be- is the bed just as important, you know? And how does that align yeah. with the value? How does that align with your goal? And suddenly maybe, you know, maybe the making the bed is that important and that's cool I'm not the one to say whether it is or not making my bed is not important but doesn't mean that for other people it's not you know what does it do for the person but we start to really question those things that so often just become they're just so in our lives so embedded in the way we think that it's hard to to think differently about yeah, yeah, things become automatic that are huge time sucks that you start to go, oh, yeah, maybe that's not the best end of my time. Right. And that, you know, and that was in the context of, you know, for this was for a person who had some beliefs around how she needed to show up as a partner and as a, you know, and as a like even kind of a, you know, like a roommate to her partner, you know, type of thing. And we just started to explore and question how accurate that might be could she talk to her partner and renegotiate could you know right like we just opened up some things and 
you know, this is what I always think is interesting. Like, you know, we have these whole like stories in our head about like how things are and how things have to be. And, and we, we include other people in those, like, you know, well, my partner thinks this or so-and-so thinks this, or my kid will, you know, whatever, if I don't, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we can actually consult those people. Yeah, we could ask, you know, because <laughs> I heard in a, just recently in a group, what you just said resonated straight to my brain because someone stood up and said, one of my mentors stood up and said, it's not what I think about me. It's not what you think about me. It's what I think you think about me that really matters and that really holds me up. And I was like, holy crap, my head exploded because I'm constantly thinking, well, I better make the bed or Joseph will think this or what my husband would never think anything like that. But, you know, I better do this because this person expects that or this person, do they expect that? Have you ever asked them? Mind blown. Yeah. I'm so glad you're in tune with that and teaching this to people because it blew my mind. Yeah, it absolutely. And I, you know, so for my own, you know, to out myself on my own, you know, part of my transformation. So I, I'm a, per- yeah, I'm a person who didn't grow up with social media. I didn't grow up with a selfie in my, although I do love to take yeah. selfies now. Right. But, yeah. So what yeah. I found was I, I show up pretty authentically when I'm having a conversation with someone, like, even though this is a recorded conversation, like I don't have a lot of, I'm not, you know, imposter syndrome. I'm not, I'm not real worried. Like, I feel like, like this kind of thing is my jam and in like, no problem. And then when, you know, my coach says, okay, so I want you to do a live every week on, so, you know, on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm sick that day. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and so I found myself, you know, doing a deep dive into my, you know, gay, you know, Candy Crush or whatever I was playing on my phone and not doing this. And so part of that was this idea, like in this kind of situation, you can ask me a a clarifying question and I can explain myself. I can explain what I mean by what I say. Right. But you know, when you just get on a live with, you know, and it's just you and your camera. It just, it just stands, right? It just is what it is. Or if you write it in a post. Yeah, it's there. there. And people. Forever. Forever, right? Yeah. What if I change my mind? Right? Oh my God. The world doesn't forgive people who understand and do better and know better moving forward. That's off the table these days. You can't change your mind and do better. God forbid. Right. And so that's, you know, so that's the kind of thing that I had to really, yeah, because it wasn't what I thought it was, what you thought, it was what I thought you would think. And yeah. that, those are the kinds of things that really will hold us back and keep, you know, that's the stuckness, I think, um, you know, for uh, women who have, you know, our parents, is it okay to have a career that you love as much as your family? Mm, our society has a lot to say about that. Yes, they do. Right? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm, I don't know. Maybe you're just not maternal enough. Right. That's the problem. You know, right? Like we get, mm. mm-hmm, we can get lots and lots of messages around those kinds of things. Yeah. And it gets us in a place where we just don't know if we can move forward. So it's so important. And I think you said it. It's so important that we are able to do our own reflection around what do we believe 
And if we didn't have to risk judgment, what would we say? What would we do? How would we show up in this world? And so for me, when we're doing that, that's when we are embracing our own specific brand of amazing. We all have a unique way of being amazing. It already exists within us. I help clients maybe unlock that for themselves, but it's not like I'm like, oh, here's some amazing and I'm going to put it in you and it's all for me. You know, like I did that. No, like all I'm doing is helping people kind of like remove those layers, 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 layers that help them get to their unique brand of amazing so that they can shine it and be loud and proud in this world with it. And think about a world where everyone is embracing their amazing because they know it's amazing and they believe it's amazing and they're just putting it out in the world and we're all just shining bright. Like, think about what a great world that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my entire, yeah. I, oh, my whole identity is wrapped up in that right now. Like bringing women leaders to light and showing despite and and not even not even despite our shortcomings and our failures but because of them I have been so ashamed I mean the fact that I said I'm a product of decades of therapy is is actually a lot of work and therapy for me to be able to say I have failed I have screwed up I have done this that and the other and now I'm here and it's for you too it's for you too and you and you and you and everyone who's screwed up their lives you can make a change and take a different direction yeah. And I think it's time to shine a light on that more, more than ever too. Our oh, greatness comes because of what we've been through and it is ours to share. Yes. And not, and not in spite of it, like you said, because that's, and that to me, you know, that was a shift for me personally, when I decided <laughs> I could love myself, not at the point when I like cut away all of these imperfect parts, like I, I'm not sure what I would have been left with a toothpick or something. I'm not sure. Right. Right. Like we're like, I'm going to cut away these imperfect parts and then I'll be the person I want to be. Right. Rather I'm going to integrate these imperfectly wonderful parts of me. Hmm. And I'm going to love the wholeness of who I am. I'm going to love all of who I am. Not, and that's not saying, because again, like immediately the mindset goes to, well, if she just uh, accepts herself the way she is, she will not have any motivation to change and be better. You know, like we like parents do that to kids all right. the time. Yeah. It's actually quite the opposite. When we embrace fully who we are and what we've done, all our foibles, all of who we are, all of who we are right here, right now, that becomes the true springboard for change. That's when the, it opens up. Like that's when we can chase the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a, it's such a different mindset. You know, I'm going to love myself into changing versus I will love myself when I when change. I change. Yes. So yes. It's, it's so different. It's such a it's such a mindset shift. It's such a different way of being in the world. Yeah. And it's so it's so much more satisfying and it's so much more fun. I have so much more fun now that instead of just feeling ashamed because I make a mistake and I'm perfect, that I can say, oh yeah, I, oh, I messed, yep, I messed that one up and I'm going to take accountability and I'm going to do what I can to make it right. And I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to do better. 
next time. So I have so much more fun now that I don't feel afraid of making, you know, even the tiniest mistakes because that's, that's where I was, you know, I was so afraid of that. Yeah. Who was it that I can't remember now? Oh gosh. Marilyn Monroe or someone said, you know, you would think a lot less of what other people thought about you if you realized how infrequently they do think about you. Right. It's all in our own, between our own two ears. It does. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. it can be busy up in there. It is <laughs> a very busy place. Right. And that's, and that's why, you know, like you mentioned grounding, you mentioned, you know, like what other kinds of things. Yes, absolutely. Because we want to be in touch we want to be in our bodies. We want to be in touch with our intuition. Um, sometimes I use Oracle cards to help, you know, to help us kind of um, understand what the universe and the, you know, the divine is trying to tell us just to, you know, to, to understand that. Um, but yeah, so grounding is for me, you know, what are we doing? Playfulness, we, you know, having, um, I just read, and I actually have it right here, The Power of Fun by Kevin oh. Price. It's like, oh my gosh. If you the Power to, of Fun? Yeah, The Power of Fun by Catherine Price. So she is kind of blowing my mind. And she talks about this, this idea of true fun. And it's play, connection, and flow. Those are the elements of true fun. Play, connection, and flow. And so I think about how many times people don't allow themselves to have fun because you know like the work isn't done or they just we can get stress can make us so serious about everything that's happening you know and I just think about having having fun being able to laugh not at ourselves but just at our own kind of humanness and humanity I think important and just having a, a more playful approach to life and and for me when I can tap into that when I can when I can be connected to myself and tap into my own playfulness and my own flow then things become things that felt hard before feel possible yeah it's just much more possible oh 100% do something with a smile in your face and joy in your heart right Okay, the universe thought that to give us a duck-billed platypus. Okay, like we're having fun here, top to bottom. Like five-year-old fingerprint paint. Universe gives us weird animals. Like this is a pretty fun place to be if we can clear yeah. out some of that crap. Right, and and think about you know like what do we admire about our pets or our ch- you know or children? Their ability to be playful, right? In this like it doesn't take much. They don't need a fancy vacation. They don't, you know, they don't need, they don't need a fancy toy. They'll, they'll have fun. You know, your dog will be, dogs are naturally playful. Cats are naturally playful when they're not, you know, ignoring us. And um, (laughs) they're also very naturally autonomous, right? Which is also another trait to admire. But, you know, and children do the same thing. I mean, if children, if all they have are rocks and a stick, they'll, they'll make their own fun. They don't need see you know and I think that's you know that's part of of my brand is this idea that you don't we want to we want to cultivate a life that we want to live every day not Mm -hmm. a life that is just waiting to go on vacation right yeah and I think in our culture again that can be a little bit more normalized than what I would prefer so I always say I go on vacation to add dimension to my life not to get away from my life that yes oh I love that 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't want to ever want to get away from my life, but I do want to learn more about new cultures, new people, new experiences, <laughs> jump out of airplanes, go underwater, skydive, sea fish, whatever, all the stuff. Okay, I'm with, you. I'm with you, except for the skydiving. Um, oh, come <laughs> so, on. Well, at least, you know, and I never say never. I'm old enough to say, never say never. I started becoming, I was, I became a runner in my forties. And if that isn't like the definition of irony, I don't know what is. And so I like to say, never say never, right? I love that. I won't say never, I'll say not yet. I, I parasailed for my 55th birthday. I was, yeah, like the heights thing is a thing, you know, I'm, I always say I'm not afraid of being in heights. I'm afraid of falling from heights. And so like, that was a thing. Uh, so I went parasailing for the first time. So if I can parasail, I can probably get like a little higher next time. I don't know. You know, we'll there see. You go. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. I do not want to skip over this part. Tell me a little bit about, um, now I love that you bring in the fact that you are, so many coaches are not therapists as well and that is such a unique portion for you as well tell me about your work on the board uh, oklahoma association for play therapy oh okay yeah oh yeah love to okay so yeah so play therapy is a particular uh, approach to therapy uh particularly for working with children but you can actually utilize it for all ages and it's particularly wonderful with families because then you have like you know this intersection of children and adults right and so um where talk therapy fails play therapy will will succeed um and particularly with children play is their natural process in play has healing properties i mean we've got lots of research about how play imaginative play is healing for people you know and that again doesn't matter the age and so i am particularly passionate about kind of spreading the word about play therapy, you know, in Oklahoma, it is kind of make, we're gaining some ground, but we want to make sure that people know that this is an option available to them, that there are people that are trained to be a play therapist and work with their child or their family in a way that is in alignment with their natural process of healing. And so because of that, so I became a registered play therapist supervisor, and I also now I've served for the last few years on the, our local branch there. So the, like kind of our parent um, organization is the association for play therapy and they are international. And then each state has, a, has a branch. And so I am the, right now I'm the president elect of the OKAPT. So <laughs> for short. Oklahoma Association for Play Therapists. And what are you guys giving therapy or is it a service for for children needing therapy or do you equip others who are giving this therapy? Right. And that's what we do. So our so our goal is to help therapists become trained as play therapists so that they can utilize play therapy in their work with with clients and to uh, just um, kind of let like the general population know that play therapy is an option when you go. So yeah, so we have resources where they can, we can help connect them with the national directory of play therapists and in the state, you know, like what, who is doing play therapy in the state of Oklahoma. And then education is a, is a big part of that. So we do a lot of continuing education work 
with our, um, so we do an annual conference. We're, in fact, this Friday we do, a, we have a summer mini conference. So we have a speaker coming, well, she's not coming virtually, she's coming from um, the East Coast and she's going to, you know, teach us. And so we do trainings and it's to support the professionals so the professionals then can support the clients. Okay. So if, one of our listeners is out there, it's got a child or maybe even an older person in therapy that just doesn't seem to be making the breakthrough they need. This association for play therapists could be a, a source of additional venues of, of, of therapy. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, and then, yes, whether they contact our local branch, OKAPT or the national organization, um, association for play therapy, if they contact them, you know, they have directories of people who have been trained and who are right. members. And so, yeah, that, that have this expertise that is really wonderful. And it's just, it is, it's really magical to be in the playroom as someone is healing through mm -hmm. through play it's very aligned it's very um and it's just it almost feels magical although it's very well researched and it's very yeah. grounded in research and tools yeah. and models yeah yeah so. I mean like freaking wholesome like you yeah. know oh, genuine yeah. good stuff I, I always tell parents you know what the good news is is your kid's gonna like to come to therapy exactly exactly yeah, I, I remember my boys when I went through my divorce my boys were like mom if this lady comes and asks me how something makes me feel one more time she can't come back I'm sick of it and I mean this is an eight-year-old talking like he was done he was yeah. done talking so uh, again had I known this existed that would have been amazing I'm so glad there's so much more awareness these days there is. about these options we have and the the normalization of mental health our brain is an organ and yes. I mean it, it should be treated as such and even as my background in registered nursing and still am a registered nurse oh. it was still very difficult for me to wrap my brain around my mental brain around the fact that my brain is to an organ and just like you get uh you know an infection here you've got to take care of here too for it all to yeah, absolutely. And, and just even like all the brains research that we understand now, like all of the, the, the kind of Eastern traditions of like yoga and meditation and how the brain research just absolutely backs that up. Yes. And the fact that our brain isn't like, I say fully baked, isn't like come done, kind of done growing until our early 20s. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We thought it was like, you know, a few years. Now it's a couple of decades that it takes yeah. for our brain to, you know, fully develop. It's just, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother soapbox I could get on. Absolutely. It is. I think we could have a whole nother episode just based around this stuff. We so. could. Yes, absolutely. We could. Well, Julie, tell the audience where they can find you. If you are looking for if you are stuck in your life and you're like, I need to do something, whether it be a job change, I need to set a boundary with my crazy family or my spouse or my kids or someone else, where can people find you to get over this hump? Oh, yeah, that's so easy. So on my website, and that's julierising.com. And then you have to look at how my name is spelled j-u-l-i-e-r-e-i-s-i-n-g but it is pronounced rising so julierising.com you can email me julie at julierising.com you can find me on instagram i'm julie rising <laughs> and on facebook i'm julie rising so i like it i yeah. like that consistent branding good job yeah right yeah so in 
the nice thing about having a name that gets mis you know gets uh, mispronounced a lot is that it's unique enough that there's not a whole bunch of other people out there with it. So I love it. Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your expertise, for teaching us today some steps that we can take on our own. And most of all, thank you for being a queen that leads. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Have a great day. You too.